I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. So we are combining three of the things we love, podcast and then story and breakfast. And specifically, we're looking at the biggest story. We tend to read the Bible like it's something boring, um, a little more mechanical, when in truth it's full of all kinds of complicated characters and plenty of room for the imaginative. Uh, we're hoping that this could open up the way we read these stories, that we would see the people in them as real people and that that might help us connect to maybe God is real too, if the characters are real. We're going to look at a bunch of different stories in scripture and just ask the question, what did they eat for breakfast? And what did they want to eat for breakfast? And we're also just going to talk about what life felt like for them in the hope that maybe we'll see ourselves in the story and we'll see a real God moving through real people. We're calling this the breakfast translation. We're live. We sure are. Here we are. <laughs> so we busted out of the studio once again, and we're here. World travelers. Tell us where we are. We are at North Market in Columbus. Yes. Yep. And if you've ever been to North Market, you know it's a, a hodgepodge of everything good in the world. So That's right. They've got all of the foods from all of the countries. Um, my personal favorite is their um, pho station, which is a Vietnamese like, chicken noodle soup. Okay. Um, my favorite is there's a place that has really good chicken fingers. Okay. <laughs> because as we've noted, I'm not that adventurous. Is that hot chicken takeover? Uh, I do like theirs too, but there's, there's multiple chicken options here. And we have decided today, because we're a breakfast podcast, to come here and try some donuts. Yes. Uh, Destination donuts. That's right. And so we have several different flavors. We're just going to try these donuts out and talk a little bit about open air markets. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the, the donuts you picked out. So in front of me, I have very um, fruity donuts. I went with the chocolate strawberry donut and a lemon blueberry donut. Okay, what's your what's your review? My review, um, okay, so these donuts are ginormous. And if you look at the, um, the leftovers that I have, I ate um, strictly the tops of them that had all of the goodies to it, um, leaving, leaving the rest of the donut behind. <laughs> but the tops were absolutely delicious. Um, the, the strawberry, there could have been more strawberry on the chocolate strawberry if I'm going to get critical, but the lemon blueberry was a nice blended glaze. <laughs> okay. I, that's funny. You, so you basically just ate just the sugar parts. Like yes. Just the yes. pure sugar parts. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I had uh, a butterscotch and sea salt donut, which I think mm -hmm. might be one of the best things I've ever had. It's very oh, good. Excellent. I might let you have some of it when we're done. Uh, I also got a chai tea donut Uh-huh. that tastes like if chai tea was a donut it's a pretty good representation okay. of chai tea they labeled it correctly yes uh what was not labeled correctly was the dueling vanilla mm -hmm. because i feel like that if there's two vanillas in it it canceled out to be no vanillas okay one so plus one equals two zero. positives made a negative i don't know if that's a thing but sure. um who do you think in the Bible is most likely to eat donuts for breakfast? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably Jesus. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a good answer. I feel like when he says that, that he wants us to have life abundant, I think that means that sometimes on a Wednesday, you just grab a pile of donuts and try them out. So here we are doing what we think Jesus would do. Yeah, we have, we have six ginormous donuts in front of us, and <laughs> it's right. a good morning. Uh, we should say, I think just to make this really fit into the podcast, in addition, we already have the breakfast thing going. But I do think as we sit here, like hearing noises, hopefully through the ambiance and thinking about like the international open air market, I do think this is a little bit more like what the, the marketplace in the Bible would have been like. 
Yeah. So it maybe opens up our imagination that it would have been more like this when they got food than just going to Kroger mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, I actually remember as a little kid, we did a vacation Bible school in the summertime that was called Marketplace AD. Did you okay. ever, did you grow up going to, to Bible schools at all in the summertime? I did, I did. I don't think we had a Marketplace AD. But. Well, well, they always had like a theme, right? Yeah. And I rem the church I grew up in had, they were always super creative. Okay. I think it was one of the most engaging things they did for kids. Yeah. And so they took the whole back lot of the church and turned it into what they imagined like a, a marketplace in the ancient world would look like. That sounds so fun. It was fun, uh -huh. but what they did is there was somebody playing Jesus throughout the week. Uh -huh. And as we were like doing crafts and eating snacks and all this stuff, Jesus would come around just like he does in the gospels and kind of tell stories. Mm -hmm. And like, it did have a, it did kind of open up my imagination to like that, that place a what little that bit. Might have yeah. been like, that's cool. However, on Friday night of the VBS, uh, Jesus was arrested. Stop it. Yes. And I don't, I don't remember exactly. I think it was like a kind of a bloodless crucifixion scene. Okay. But it was definitely like held up that Jesus had, he died. Oh my gosh. Now, the VBS got back together on Sunday night. And like as a little kid who grew up in the church, I understood mm -hmm. that Jesus was not gone. Right. But a lot of kids who maybe their parents just brought them to the church for like some good quality babysitting yeah, for the week. Yeah, take, take my Who kid. maybe didn't know the story and didn't know how it ended were freaked out. Right, Jesus is gone. <laughs> yes. So the church spent most of Saturday, from my understanding of it, like hearing the stories years later, they had to spend most of Saturday talking to <laughs> upset parents mm -hmm. because the kids had had this awesome week with all these good snacks Getting and to all know this Jesus good stuff. Around. And they fell in love with this storyteller guy mm -hmm. and then watched him be <laughs> bloodlessly murdered. Oh my goodness. On Friday night. And I, I, I love that story. Yeah. I think because it maybe we need to remember what that story sounds like when it's fresh to people. Right. Because um, if you get so accustomed to it, then the death means nothing to you. Um, but. Also, I think it, I do think that there is some valid, something good about being able to, to see the world and to kind of walk around and live in it. Um, and so we're doing that here today with donuts. Um, and maybe there's also something to be said about sugar and how uh, God makes things delicious. Yeah, <laughs> Like sweet. that they don't have to be. You know, uh, John Calvin has this big idea called beauty beyond necessity. That food could be just like a pill or like it could just be barley bread all the time. Yes. But instead, every once in a while, you get a dueling vanilla donut. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said for the deliciousness of the world. And so I'm glad to be taking part in that today. Amen. All right. Back to business. <laughs> so this episode is a bit of a, a breakfast casserole. I think is maybe the, the best description we could give of what we're up to here. People have just heard us uh, on the road eating delicious donuts. Do you remember that day? I sure do. That was a yeah. great day. It was really good uh, at North Market here in Columbus. 
which we think is close to a holy place because it feels like a biblical, a biblical marketplace. So that's our justification for eating delicious donuts. And then here in a minute, uh, we're going to have our first guest on the podcast. Uh, some, somebody we both know named Claire Brown, who grew up at Southbrook at the church uh, that we're both connected to and who sponsors our podcast. And she's doing uh, beautiful work in South Africa. And I thought of her because her work is named for Lydia, who's someone we met in the book of Acts. Uh, and so before we hear from Claire, I thought it'd be worth us just talking about if we were going to design a ministry and name it after someone we've met in the book of Acts, uh, I wondered who we might pick. So do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, very, very quick thoughts on it. Okay. But my, my initial impression of what I would choose for this is um, if you remember that story where Simon Peter um, breaks out of jail, he goes to, straight to this house. Um, Rhoda, a girl named Rhoda answers the door, is so excited that it's him, so excited to share that she slams it in his face and runs back into the house. So that <laughs> okay. just sort of happy-go-lucky comical scene in the Bible is just a fun um, wake-up call that sometimes things are silly and sometimes you can have that like childlike excitement that um, can drive a ministry forward. I, I just like the energy that comes with that story and the, the fun-lovingness. Yeah, I think we need more ministries of excitement and joy. Um, the ability to do something silly, make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I think what you, are you describing a clown ministry, do you think? <laughs> I am describing a ministry for clowns. If you know me, you know that I'm very passionate about <laughs> this movement. I can't wait for like someday we'll do like a video episode and you'll just be in full on clown makeup. Um as I always am when we're recording these, you can't see it, but <laughs> I know I can't wait for people to see. Yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. Yeah. So um, who, who, do you have somebody in mind? I, I have two, two picks of things that I, I kind of like. Um, we just, in our last episode talked about uh, Priscilla and I like that she could, she has like a ministry of correction. <laughs> where she goes around and tells people what they got wrong yeah I think I think I feel wired to do that ministry really well um and so that's that's maybe that's one of my answers it and I like think our two ministries could really beautifully yeah maybe I could come along and correct people and then you could come slam the door in their face mm -hmm. and be like huh isn't that fun <laughs> and we could be ministry partners uh if I was giving I mean that is actually a, a pretty honest assessment of some of what I do in the world um but I think I also if I was going to be a little like choose a more noble answer I might have like a, a ministry named after Philip where I would just go around have like super serious conversations with people and then disappear <laughs> so that's that's what he does he has that like super serious connection with the magician and oh, then that, right. yep. and then he has that really serious pivotal conversation with the Ethiopian eunuch and then it tells us that as soon as like all the the deep talk is is gone he's like out of here he said I have done my work yeah because <laughs> I think it's like if I'm understanding Philip correctly he doesn't want to just like hang around with the Ethiopian and like do small talk later he doesn't just want to be like so are you we gonna have for dinner later uh -huh. got any like, weekend plans 
Yeah. He, does, he just, he doesn't want to do that. He's like, I, we've talked about the deepest stuff. So I think I'm, I'm done. I've always wished that I could wear like a, a medical bracelet that says I, I, I suffer. I suffer in small talk. Like I'm not good at it. Please, please don't make me do it. Um, yeah. The worst thing somebody could say to me is how, how was your weekend? Oh no. I just, I don't understand that question. Like, even if I had a really good weekend, I would not want to be like, well, I did like, it's just, but I, I, I know I've been trying to figure out ways to, to expedite it or to spice it up. Cause I'm yeah. just like, you know what? I, I tell me what you were doing Saturday at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's what you should do. Right. What were we doing Saturday at three o'clock? <laughs> tell, me, tell me. I'm more into like, if I went to like a coffee shop and the barista was like, why do you think people die? Like, I'd be so, <laughs> I'd be so excited about that. Yeah. I, this is the best, best coffee shop. But if I go in and they say, how was your weekend? I, I yeah. just want to, I just want to crumble and die. I don't want to do that. So I think that reveals, uh, I think we've really revealed ourselves in our answers to this question. So getting back to our purpose is that Claire Brown has this beautiful work that she does. And she named it after Lydia, who we know is a woman of hospitality. And we're going to talk to her about that. Um, one thing about our conversation that I thought it would just also maybe be useful for us to talk about a little bit. Uh, one of the things we see in the book of Acts is the clarity that uh, Saul Paul and some of the other disciples feel about what God wants them to do next. Right. And you're going to hear this in, in my conversation with Claire, but I've also found it to be really true with people I know who are out trying to do really bold things is that they just have a lot of clarity uh, about where God wants them to go and what God wants them to do. And I'll be honest, even when I'm talking to the, like, as I was talking to Claire about this, I just thought, like, I envied that kind of clarity, you know? I wonder, do, do you resonate with that at all? Do you feel like God tells you what to do? No, I, I resonate with envying the clarity. Yeah. <laughs> it would, I, I don't quite have that same clear voice. And sometimes it can be a little bit, I feel a little intimidated um, when I hear people's stories feeling so with such assurance but then it's also really exciting to me to hear that surety and that um every relationship to God can look a little bit different yeah and I I think it's also there's something about doing something that's so outside of yourself that maybe it becomes clearer where the hand of God is right my my brain busyness is probably getting in in the way yeah getting in the way a lot of our days, if you're not doing something outside it, we're actually taught to like do stuff that's within our gifting, that's within our wheelhouse, is the weird word we use. Um, but I feel like a lot of our lives, we do base on what we can do. So I think it's harder for a lot of us to see where God is moving. Because like, even if God is enabling us to have a better conversation than we would have had on our own, you don't really see it the way people do who go to brand new territory or try to do a brand new thing. Right. Um, I definitely operate in my own very familiar empire. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I also have this thing of, uh, you know, I end up across the table from a lot of younger people who are trying to figure out what God wants them to do and who want God to be like a GPS who says, go to Macedonia or don't go to Macedonia, you know, just like God does in Acts. And I always tell people like, God cares about who you become more than God cares about what city you live in or what job you take. Um, 
And I always try to like help people be okay in that ambiguity and mm -hmm. that you don't have to have such clarity. But then the, the sort of the real truth is that I, I want it for myself. Right. I want that clarity for myself a lot. Like when I'm trying to make decisions, my first hope is that God will be super clear. Mm -hmm. uh, the way we're going to hear seems like God was with Claire. And so I, I do think that's where you end up with that envy of just the clarity. Um, and then I, I also think sometimes there are moments where, and I think Claire would say this too, there's moments where you're made through the decisions, you know, and that you might even go in one direction and it's really clear, but the thing God wanted for you to do was to detour and to have to make a new decision. Mm -hmm. So you're also you're made through that process, whatever it looks like. And so I love that most of, most of life is about sorting that out. It's about who we become as we go. And so whether we're going across the seas to learn a whole new language and start a whole new thing, or whether we're trying to figure out how to be the body of Jesus in a coffee shop. Um, I think we're supposed to still pay attention to God being with us and being present with us. So I hope that wherever we are today, uh, we hear a bit of that uh, from our friend Claire Brown at Lydia's Mission. So we have our first, you're our first real guest on the Breakfast Translation. I hope you feel honored. I do. Very honored. So that new voice in your ears is Claire Brown, who grew up here at, the, at Southbrook and who is currently over in Africa doing beautiful things. Uh, so before we get into what you're doing, we, ha we have that really important question of just tell us about what breakfast is like in the world you come from. Yeah, so there's definitely more of a traditional English breakfast that people would eat. Um, for me, though, for breakfast, because I'm busy and on the go, I eat eggs because I part of our ministry is having 1,500 chickens. <laughs> For eggs. So it's kind of natural to just eat the eggs that are cracked that we can't sell or use for our community. So yeah, I, I eat eggs a lot. Okay. So taking a nice break though right now from eggs. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get in that good sugar, the good sugary American breakfast. Yeah. 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 Um, so tell us a little bit about your work in South Africa, right? Yeah. Okay. So you want to tell us what, cause I think I should say, so the name of your mission is Lydia's mission. So we're going to get into, um, how what you do reflects the story of Lydia that we've already seen in the book of Acts. So tell us what you're up to. Yeah, so I have been in South Africa for the past six years and just um, felt the Lord calling me to women's ministry. And over time, he slowly revealed what that looks like. And th that is what Lydia's mission has turned into today. But really, to go back to where it started and where the name came from, um, I had some monkeys. They were scattering my trash. Um, classic, classic, classic situation, you know, yeah. common problem we all have here in America. <laughs> right. And so it took me to the garbage dump out of my frustration, out of my fleshly emotions of, ah, this is smelly. I don't want to put it in my car. Can't there be another plan? Why didn't the plan that was put in place supposed to work? All of those times. Um, but God's like, Hey, I got this. I got something planned for this that even through your smelly trash, I'm going to use. And so I ended up at the garbage dump. The lady started fighting over my trash and I didn't know if it was for the moldy food I was throwing away or what was going on. Um, but ended up going back the next day after the Lord feeling like the Lord was saying, I want you here. So did that and asked the ladies what was going on. Well, they don't get paid to work there. They get paid based on what they recycle. So like two pounds of cardboard, they get pennies in U.S. money. 
and that and sometimes it could be weeks before another truck comes to buy anything that they've worked hard to separate. Um, so I asked them, I said, hey, can I come every week? Can I start meeting with you? Now, mind you, I'm new in country at this point. I had zero of their Saswati language that I had known at this point. And we're talking foreigner. I'm younger than, you know, I'm, I'm not coming in as an elder to them or anything. And they said, yeah, sure. Come on, join us, meet with us. So there's one big tree under in the garbage dump that now that is our church. That's where we meet every single Wednesday. Um, we worship, we pray, I get to, to lead them in a sermon. We get in discussions. Um, and that's really how Lydia's mission first got started. Yeah. And you were telling me that there, you actually have done some, what we see in acts a lot of times are these, we've talked about conversion moments where like one person hears the story of Jesus and then they, they tell their friends, uh, you also have sort of a baptism story, which we've seen in with Philip baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch on the side of the road. Um, so tell us your, your baptism story. I love this. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess I should tell the conversion story first because that's kind of what happened first. But yeah, I began naturally telling them as we began to meet about Jesus, his death on his cross and everything that he had done. And um, they were just amazed. And, and all of a sudden I'm looking around as I'm saying that, you know, Jesus three days later rose again and they're just all weeping. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, this is great. It's powerful. But like, and they're like, no one has ever told us this before. We didn't know. And um, there are churches in our community there. So I was just taken back too. And, you know, you get in this habit in America where you feel like everyone's at least heard of Jesus before. So to be in a situation where they really didn't know and they were just in awe was just kind of a kick in the pants too, you know, at a time. But um, so they began accepting Christ and began showing and telling their family and friends and they began accepting Christ. That's kind of where the name Lydia comes from because Lydia was open to Paul and his companions as foreigners traveling. She was open to them sharing about Christ. She accepted Christ, then passed on the news to her friends and family and they accepted. And that's kind of that example that we have. Um, yeah, I love what you said about how you know, it's about hospitality yeah. and how she was open and Paul was open. So you were saying not just that you were open to a conversation with them, but that they received you like they yeah. were hospitable to you and welcomed you into their life. Uh, and I love you, that the, the baptisms, you ended up doing them there at the at the dump, right? This place yeah. that had been a place for shame yeah. for them. You were kind of redeeming it, saying that this is. This yeah. is holy ground, right? For sure, yeah. Because, yeah, they just held so much shame. I mean, they sort of threw trash for a living. Obviously, you know, it's not the most glorious thing. But they did what they did to survive. And But I said, hey, there's no shame in Christ. You are daughters of the king. You are his royal princesses. So we're going to claim that, and we're going to live it, no matter where we are in the world and what we're doing. And so, yeah, kitty inflatable swimming pool, three hours of transporting water, baptisms and just the freedom for them you could see it all over their faces it was like a weight was lifted off of them and um, ever since we just continued to grow and teach and every week just growing in the relationship with the lord and asking questions and understanding and digging through scripture more and more yeah and it's just powerful yeah i love that one of the things we we talk about here a lot is because acts is so much it is there is a lot of stuff about food yeah right and how you're not just what you eat you're who you eat with yeah um and so much of your work, uh, it does, it is about feeding people, right? You were yeah. saying in the last year, 
what you've been able to do just with feeding people. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so especially since COVID, we've done a lot of emergency food parcels for people who are really struggling. I mean, I get phone calls all the time. Hey, I haven't eaten in four days, and I don't know where my next meal is coming from. Um, The latest one of that was a 96-year-old. You can't say a 96-year-old, hey, go find some work so you can buy your own food. You know, so we've stepped in and really have um, provided that to give them about a month's worth of food at a time. But even before COVID, we have had um, hope centers, which are like feeding sites that children under the age of 18 can come and get a free meal, no questions asked. So we've hired cooks at these different sites. Um, The kids can walk to the sites. They get food. And so we're up to about 1,600 kids a day that are being fed through these feeding sites. Yes, we meet the physical with the food um, in the earthly present sense, but we meet the spiritual even more in depth and over time. Yeah, I think you see that a lot in Acts, that the the meal is the occasion, like it's the yeah. reason to be together and be around the table, but then the stories are ultimately what, what holds you at that table. For sure. Um, so if people want to find out more about Lydia's mission or support you or or just connect with you, Claire, what's, what's a good place for them? Where should they go? Yeah, so the easiest is our website. So it's lydiasmission.org. Um, and through that, you can see we have links to our Facebook page. We have links to our Instagram page that you can see kind of up-to-date updates from the field in Africa so it doesn't seem like a world away. Um, and you can see videos of the ministry of the ladies at work and the things that we do. Um, but th- those are the easiest ways to get in contact with us. Yeah. Well, I just love that you made some time during your sabbatical to be here with us. And especially, I just love that you're keeping the story of Lydia going on. Because here's this this beautiful woman with this heart that she just opened her home. She opened her life. She she was a person of means, but knew that those means were only as valuable as what she gave away. Yeah. And so we just so appreciate you like keeping that story going. And I, I think it's... I love that, you know, you're in a world where some of what we see in Acts, that, that sort of raw, <laughs> raw field is, is still living and active. It reminds yeah. us to kind of look at our own world. For sure. Eyes. So thanks yeah. for your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And it's just a huge blessing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.